love making this podcast and we would love to have it supported by a listener like you. So uh, go ahead, click the link in our show notes and join the awesome empire. I'm ready. <laughs> Is your mom ready? Okay. <laughs> you knew I was going to do it. Welcome to Awesome with Allison and Eric, too. That was pretty good. <laughs> that was very good. <laughs> I'm Allison, and our only goal with this podcast is to help you feel more awesome each time you listen. Whether it's by laughing at us, laughing with us, or learning something new and helpful, we hope you feel a tad more empowered, lightened up, and awesome than you did before. I'm here with the one, the only, the sexy, the talented, wearing a butterfly shirt from my butterfly bop, Mr. Eric Robertson. Good afternoon. How many years have you been wearing black t-shirts, the same black t-shirt that you buy in bulk? Do you know? I don't, actually. At least two or three years, maybe longer. I think I got uh, decision fatigue with my wardrobe, and I thought, I'm just going to wear black shirts because it's easy. And then you started ordering, you found a black shirt that you liked, and then you stuck with it. You make it sound like I have one shirt that I'm wearing every day. You do have one shirt. You just have like 10 of the same shirt. I probably have more like 20 black shirts. And all of a sudden, just like that, our little butterfly boy emerged. (laughs) And he walked in today wearing a shirt that I got him for my event. It's black, but it has all these butterflies on it. You look great in it. Thank you. You wore a white shirt the other day, a cream shirt. I mean, this is very thrilling for me. It's really exciting. And I know everyone at home is very excited to hear about what you're wearing. Yeah, I I can't imagine... The inspiration and excitement that's flowing. I think I just venturing out. I like change every couple of years. Yeah. So Spice changing it, it up. up. Spice it up. We are spicing it up by uh, having you here at the podcast today. Thanks so much for listening. We appreciate you. You look fantastic. This is episode 161, and it's going to be a lot of fun. We're calling it <laughs> Feeling Like a Loser <laughs> into all the books I've loved before. So there's two parts to this episode. Both of them are pretty straightforward and self-explanatory. Yesterday, Eric and I were going to record the podcast, and it was the middle of the day. And usually if one of us is up, the other one is like... We're not usually both down. Usually one up is and one is down. Mm-hmm. Or we're both up. But yesterday, on a rare, beautiful day, we were both down. I was like, we should record the podcast. Eric's like, what should we record? And I was like, we should just go tell everyone what losers we are and that we should quit and give up. <laughs> I was down. Down to do that or down? Both. Both. Okay. <laughs> like, this would be a new thing. <laughs> So when we were trying to brainstorm what we were actually going to talk about, I really didn't want to give up the first part about feeling like a loser because we both did feel like a loser. And then Eric was like, I'm going to go work in my studio so I I don't feel as bad. And I said, but don't you want to watch Arrested Development in bed with me? (laughs) And then he did. I did. I watched an episode and then I went down. Yeah, but I kept watching it. And I feel really good about my choices. Um, I was so proud of you. Thank you so much. <laughs> Just stop. So why, why do you feel like a loser? 
Well, it's just hard because you write a book and it's like, go, deadlines, go, here's the book. And then you put the book out there and it's like, well, now it's out there. And as I was saying to Eric, there's really no number of books I could sell that I wouldn't probably feel disappointed about. Mm -hmm. Which, that's a a nice place to be. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's really easy to start a story of... I spent over a decade building up these audiences and these platforms so that when I had a book to sell, I would have people to sell them to. It's just like so much energy and vulnerability to do and to get out and then to keep talking about it and keep not feeling bad about it. You know, I I took the day off. Yeah. How do you feel today? I actually woke up feeling a lot better. I made German pancakes for the kids. Funny enough, when I released everything, I ended up doing some art and hand lettering and got inspired to share it with a little snippet from the book on my Instagram. So, you know, that's usually how it goes for me. As soon as I give myself permission to not do anything, I'm interested in it again. (laughs) I know. That is so true with you and with me. I think it's probably a universal condition. As soon as you just like give up and say, oh, well, this sucks or whatever and just let it be. Or just ease off of it. Or just ease off it. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, I, I still, I still like to make things. I still like. Turns out, like to make art. Yeah, it turns out I do want to get out. Well, I didn't get out of bed. I made the art and stayed in bed. But she did it all in bed. <laughs> Everything was from bed. But then I made tomato soup from scratch with croutons. That was incredible. That it was, was so good. I keep saying it was a rustic. It was palette. very rustic. It was. There's so many herbs from our garden. Mm, how I like to do herbs is that I just go out to the garden and any herbs we have, I just grab a bunch of them and then she I She doesn't discriminate. Chop I don't discriminate. She just goes through and just chops I, a little I, bit of that's everything. That's what I'm saying is I literally just go out. People <laughs> like, but it really worked. I mean, I have a little bit of method. Like I grabbed more basil and lemon basil than I did rosemary. Nobody wants to be overwhelmed by rosemary in their tomato yeah, soup. Yeah, seriously. Gosh, how horrendous. So we've both been, why are you, hey, why are you feeling like a loser now that I've well, worn my soul? Remember, it's because I'm having my midlife crisis. He really is having a midlife crisis. The best part about his midlife crisis is he's also, like, really into his body. So he's been, like, working out a lot. And, like, it's just I've never seen him be, like, checking himself out in the mirror. <laughs> and you're, like, lifting weights. And he's, like, telling me how much he deadlifted. <laughs> it's like the people who... When they work out at CrossFit, they always want to talk to you about their kettlebells. And you're like, I don't care about your kettlebells. I just don't care. No, you're my wife. Well, I do care about your deadlifting, but it just reminded me of the kettlebells. (laughs) (laughs) Who else am I going to tell? Because no one else cares. Well, you can tell the whole podcast if you want. Well, they don't don't care. Nobody cares. (laughs) Nobody cares about my body. So it really is kind of like the best because it really is like a stereotypical midlife crisis. I don't know what's happening to me. All of a sudden yesterday, I was like, oh my gosh, I think you're having a midlife crisis. I think that's what this is. You did just turn 40. I did turn 40 this year. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, what have I been doing with my life? Yeah. And I feel super disoriented. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's been a it's been new emotions I've never had before. It is a wild time. I do. And summers summers are hard for uh, my business because a lot of the work I do is custom work and production houses and films and stuff. They don't really go in the summer. Everyone's taking a break, and so it feels like no one likes me. Yeah, and that's how. And so the best was when I was like, nobody cares about my book. Nothing's gonna work. And Eric was like, Yeah, I'm a loser. Like. <laughs> It was a cute moment. It was a cute moment. But second part of the podcast, to all the books I've loved before, (laughs) during times of transition and change, books really are something that support me. And in the last couple of years, I've really branched out in what I read and have gotten really into fiction, have gotten really into fantasy. Stop smiling. I love love how you say branched out. It's more like... You're on a branch, <laughs> one branch. <laughs> you didn't widen your horizon. You just got solely on one branch. <laughs> and it's I a very specific branch. Loving this branch. Yes, you are. <laughs> and I mean, we're talking 20, 30 books of the branch. Mm-hmm. And these are books that are all, I listen to books. So these are books that are like 15 to 20 something hour books. These are pretty. These are pretty big brand. This is a, a heavy bow, if you will. The tree is, a lengthy bow. A lengthy bow. The tree is tipping over. Um, but and it has been a lot of like fantasy romance. <laughs> and, I like how you say it's been a lot of it. It's only been this. No, <laughs> yes. <it is. laughs> so if you're not interested in fantasy romance, I actually do have a couple other recommendations for you. So I thought what I would do is I would share a couple of book series because that's what I'm into right now is I like series because I don't want to have to think about what's going to happen after the one book ends. I just want to automatically be able to go into the other book. (laughs) One of the book series that I loved, I think I've talked about before is A Court of Thorn and Roses. So A Court of Thorn and Roses is how I like to describe it. It's like fairies and magic like Lord of the Rings, where it's like world building, like Tolkien worthy world building. And all of the books are kind of moving towards this beautiful crescendo of a huge battle. And there does happen to be some really good sex in it. So if you if you don't like that type of thing, you're not going to like these books. I will say it's not like violent or kind of like yucky, but it is more explicit. So if you are down with that, and I mean, like, I would not recommend it to somebody who is not sexually active. How about that? Like, that's what I would, (laughs) that's where I would put the bar. But that's, you know, I come from a conservative background, maybe that's why I feel that way. So I really, of all the fantasy romance series that I've read, and there are quite a few, I will still say that one holds steady and strong and true. But another series that is not quite as intent that I really like, I started listening to it because it was free in the Audible catalog, a couple of the books, and I was really poor and I didn't have any credits left. And (laughs) the first book is The Ace of Shades. 
And it is a pretty fun fantasy world of magic, and it's more PG-13. The Ace of Shades, The King of Fools, and The Queen of Volts, there's three books. A couple of them were free in the Audible catalog. That is a little more young adult. One of the reason than new adult, and new adult is a classification where it's like 19, 18, 19. There's maybe more swear words. It's more of like an R-rated. But I, I personally feel like listening or reading those things is like I read all of the Bridgerton books but if you watch Bridgerton on Netflix it's a very different experience right when you're reading a romance novel so something that I'm interested in What? What is your face? Nothing. You're- you are making such a face at me. Now, if you want to go, I'm going to stay in this romance genre, and then I have some non-romance for you. If you want to go rom-com, PG-13, 90s rom-com, okay, there are back, I want to go back to the Audible catalog and I have a, I have like an affiliate link for Audible, but honestly, it's just that I am a real avid Audible listener. Um, and so I was out of credits and I had never really given their free catalog much of a looky-loo because usually I'll just buy more credits and buy more credits. But that's where we were at. We were at a, I can't buy more Audible credits period of life. And I started listening to these series of books that they're made for Audible specifically. And they're so fun. They're laugh out loud funny. They're so cute. And it's not graphic at all. And they're just darling comedies. And there's three by Cara Bastone. The first one that I listened to was Call Me Maybe. I think you should start with that one. It's really, really cute. So Call Me Maybe and then Seatmate and Sweet Talk. And those are all by Cara Bastone. There, but those ones are not book books. Those are on Audible. So if you're not an Audible member, you could do a free trial or we have other book recommendations as well. But I really liked those and they're produced like audio theater. The reason why I've really been enjoying audiobooks to kind of help me through these difficult times is these stories of fiction and fantasy, they really can be very healing. And I think it is interesting that I've been listening to a lot of books that are in the same age range, the main characters or the heroines, they're kind of like coming into their womanhood, coming into their adulthood. I think all of us, especially those of us, you know, in our 30s, 40s, but even those in their 20s, there's a lot of healing from that area of time that as you continue with your life, you look back and you realize, yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff that has happened that I kind of just barreled through. And so for me specifically with my life experience, it has been, I think, part of my my healing process to, to go through and identify with these heroines. And there is something so magical about fantasy where against all odds they can overcome and when you're feeling like a loser (laughs) it can be a really cathartic experience to you know against all odds overcome and kind of the theme that I've been following are like these bad chicks who are just kicking butt and killing people and yeah I'm gonna kill all the people. The song I woke up to, This speaking of, I made German pancakes this morning, but I woke up with this song in my head. Na, 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 na. Earl had to die. That song. You know, from the Chicks, formerly known as the Dixie Chicks. Oh, you know, I never listened to them. Those black eyed peas looked all right to me. <laughs> Earl had to die. It's, it's about an abusive relationship okay. and they kill Earl. And I, 
I just think it's a great song. And there's like a specific thing that you're like, we're singing about killing someone. And all the girls are like, na, 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 <laughs> na, na. And, I, you know, but really as you're you're healing these wounds and for a lot of women, there's a lot of um, sexual trauma and oppressive trauma in just being a woman. And, you know, just sometimes going through a cathartic experience of burying an abusive ex-boyfriend is maybe something we need to do. So I think <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and throw those out there. Eric, what have you been reading as you've been very, very depressed? I don't mean to mock it. We both have been kind of down. <laughs> I've been reading um, like sur- ultimate survival adventure books. There you go. Nonfiction. Yeah. Uh, the first one I finished was called Shadow Divers, which is so gripping it's about these divers in new jersey and new york who their hobby is is to go out and find shipwrecks and this it's there's like different clubs and it's dramatic and they like wait and it's nonfiction. it's 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 absolutely true what time period is this this is the 90s well yeah the 90s is when this took place 91 to 97 anyway they find this german u-boat which is a submarine from world war ii and there's like no records they can't. They can't. They can't identify it. They go back. It takes them six years. I don't want to give it away too much to finally identify this thing. People die. It's like super dangerous. Our pets' heads are falling off. Pets' heads are falling off. It's it's an amazing adventure. I, I loved it so much. So did you have some quotes from that one, or did you your quotes yeah, from another yeah. one? Yeah, so, yeah. Some of the quotes from the guy's name's John Chatterton. He's kind of the hero. Him and this other guy are the two heroes of the story. And he had gone through Vietnam as a medic. He had this just pretty like stoic life and and learned all these cool lessons. And some of the takeaways from him is like, he says, if an undertaking was easy, someone else would would have already done it. If you follow in another's footsteps, you miss the problems really worth solving. Um, And my favorite one, there's a lot of them, but this, my favorite one is the guy who gets killed is often the guy who got nervous. The guy who doesn't care anymore, who has said, quote, I am already dead. The fact that I live or die is irrelevant. And the only thing that matters is the accounting I give of myself, unquote, is the most formidable force in the world. And that one was, was inspiring to me. But you shared that document with me where you had been taking notes. Read the very last one, because I think it's particularly apt for what we've described. The last the last idea yeah. for him. He says the worst possible decision is to give up. Oh, there you go. I know. Seriously, like if yeah. they would have given up. But like, how does that apply to you? Like, that's very much what you are feeling like lately is you want to give up on a lot of certain things. And so I I think that's really interesting that that's what spoke to you. Yeah. Subconsciously, you're being called to not give up. Yeah. The worst possible decision is to give up. Stop giving up. I mean, it's the thing that I notice is like our expectations of if this doesn't happen, then if this doesn't happen, then this wasn't worth it. And a lot of times that's not true at all. Like most times. You, you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Your no, I know. I'm just thinking of all of the and reasons sometimes that there's support like, that. And sometimes there's like dry spells of good feedback. Sometimes there's dry spells of business. Sometimes there's dry spells of, good, of a relationship being good. And then we can get so short-sighted that we were, that we can think, oh yeah, this isn't worth it. We're, I, I want to give up. When in reality, there's been so many good parts. And, and, and sometimes when you're in that like dry spell or that hard part, that's where you're really being changed. And it sucks to admit like this is good for me because it sucks so much. But I don't know who said that quote, but it's like, if it doesn't challenge you, it doesn't change you. Like these hard times, I know they're, they're awful, but they are changing yeah. to make to make the future better for some other, you know, something to climb or accomplish. You'll be that much stronger. Well, and because you're not quite as roller coastery as I am, I can, you know, a little more distinctly remember periods of you being down 
And I look back on periods of you being down and can look back and see pivots and art, some some really beautiful art that um, you created during those periods or as a result of those periods. And so that's one thing that I think we, you know, all have in common is that the sadness, the the grief, the the loss, the feeling disoriented, it opens our hearts up. And if we can, if we can hold on, if we can, you know, not drown in the emotions, the song of our hearts, the art that moves through us, our words, they just become more and more beautiful and more rich. Again, that's, I think it's really cool that you are feeling very disoriented and in a crisis and you're reading books where people are in a crisis and they're surviving against all I know, all that, is, that is so crazy. What are, what's another book? Because <laughs> The Shadow Divers was yeah, one. Yeah, Shadow Divers, the one that, my favorite one that I read is called Endurance by Alfred Lansing and it's about the South Pole Antarctic expedition of Ernest Shackleton, where it was a complete disaster, and it might be the greatest survival tale in the modern world of what they overcame. I mean, that was it was about a hundred years ago when it happened, and they get, they get in a boat, and his whole goal was to cross, be the first first expedition to cross the whole continent. People had made it down to the South Pole, but to cross, like they had fifty dogs or whatever in, in sleds, and they go down there, and their plans get derailed immediately they don't even like make landfall because the sea like you know traps them the ice sea traps their boat anyway it takes like two years for them to go through what they go through so Ernest Shackleton honestly is like one of my heroes now like I'd, I'd I'd heard his name but this book just blew me away like the persistence and like the stoicism of not giving up and he was the leader and so he took care like not one of his men died I mean it was like this crazy tragic I kept saying, I kept like, as I was listening, I'm like, oh, come on. Like that, then that happened. And you're like, oh, they're going to make it. And, they're like, oh, my, and then I'm like, oh my gosh, come on. Like how bad can it get? I'm like, I, I'm like running or walking trails and out, out loud. I'm saying, oh, come on. Yeah. I just can't yelling. believe it. Like you can't yes. even write. Yes. You couldn't even come up with how many hardships because it'd be like, this is a bad story because you, you're just digging and digging and digging. Like it, it shouldn't be this bad. But these were real men a hundred years ago that did this. And to be a leader, to be to not only to be a leader, but to be a good leader in in that type of situation is incredible. There's like there's one part where he he really had his eye out for some of the trouble, potential troublemakers, and he had to leave on a boat to go to go to another island to whatever. And he purposely he he didn't even take like his best crew that sh- that you would think to take. He took kind of the troublemakers on his boat to go with him, so they wouldn't be left behind to like stir trouble on this island where he left the majority of the men while he went out to like rescue. I mean, that's, that's like, that's a leader. So that, that's incredible. I highly recommend that. It's a true story. It's called Endurance by Alfred Lansing. And then the one I finished today on a hike is called Into Thin Air by John Krakauer. Isn't that a movie too? Yeah. Yeah. uh, It's about, it's about uh, the 1996 Mount Everest disaster where all these people died. Like it, at the top and it's it is tragic but it's like the the contemplation of mortality and the hardships and like the spirit of of achieving and what that can mean and drive people to do and like it's just a it's a fascinating gripping read is it's yeah i highly recommend it 
What I think is kind of fun about these three books that have really been speaking to you is they carry a theme of adventure and exploration. And we're sitting in your studio, which you also will call the Space Cave sometimes because there's a bunch. I mean, I painted a spaceship. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) big mural. There's a big mural that I painted that's a spaceship, but there's multiple space art pictures and posters. I mean, there's what, like probably 10? Yeah. Around the the office. Yeah. Um, And that's very much like into worlds unknown. And, you know, that feeling of not knowing quite where to land or feeling a bit hopeless, that is a common theme for exploration. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I think that books and stories, whether they're fiction or nonfiction, like it's their stories. I was listening to an interview with Martha Beck, who's an incredible author, and she was an an educator and she was telling about, you know, we, we get together as families and we watch TV and we can be like, oh, we're watching TV, but it harks back to this anthropological need to gather around a fire, like a flickering light and share stories that it's just such um, a part of us, the way we learn. It's such like an important teaching model. I did kind of poo-poo on fiction for a long time. Yeah, you totally did. I did. I was a big snot about it because I really was kind of like, well, is it acclaimed? Is it this? And it's because I was really in the headspace of, well, if I'm going to be spending the time, I need to learn something. If I'm going to be spending the time, I like, I'm going to achieve something. I'm going to learn. I'm going to further myself. I'm going to grow. And it's been really interesting that this is like a huge period of growth for me and change. I don't need to listen to anybody tell me how to do it, right? I wrote the book. I have the tools. What I've been needing is camaraderie and friendship and fun and a little bit of light and laughter. And so that's what I've really been drawn to with without shame. But I will say in the nonfiction, I have a couple of nonfiction. Can I say something something real quick? Mm -hmm. Um, One thing I'm loving about – well, one thing I love about books is – whether you're feeling like a loser or lonely or even feeling great, what books do for me is I'm hanging out with people. You're hanging out, whether yeah. it's a biography, you get to like hang out with that person. I'm, I'm, I get to hang out with these guys I'm reading about. And like you really do, you, when you're hearing a story, you put yourself in the story and that's, 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 the, that's where new ideas and inspiration and comes from. So I really like that aspect of no matter how you feel, especially when you're down, books and stories – can pull you out and, and give you new perspectives on things. One, one more interesting thing, when people die on Everest up there, on like above 26,000 feet, they call it the death, the death zone. Did you know they just leave the bodies there? Yeah, I think I've read into the thin, I read into thin air. There's like I probably at least that. like 200 bodies up there. <sighs> like people pass by yeah. them and they're preserved. It's crazy. There was a guy named George Mallory. I think that's that was his name. He died in 1924 and his body is still up there and preserved. Isn't that crazy? Well, because they can't... They can't move them because yeah. they're big chunks of ice and it's too dangerous to move them down. And so they just like stay up there preserved literally on the top of the world. It's I'm cr- on top of the world. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean to bring in that song. Yeah, that that is. That's, that's an interesting thought too where it's like whether or not you agree with the pursuit of their goal. Like even even though they may have not quote unquote achieved the goal, which would be to go to the top of Everest and come back. 
they're immortalized in their pursuit. They're immortalized in their progress. And that's kind of a cool thought because rather than being so achievement oriented, like I've totally been and it's just so easy. And that's that's why we're feeling like losers is because we're being achievement oriented. Like, what's it all about? What have I achieved? What was it all for? Yep. I mean, literally, that is the cause of the suffering. Because by all other accounts, like, my health was so bad for so long, and it's so much better. And you're in, you're doing in great shape, and our kids are healthy. I mean, right? Like, you can go through and you can say these things. So, yes, circumstances absolutely contribute to our mental state. But we all know that, like... <laughs> We keep thinking if we change the circumstances, we're going to feel better and everything's going to be okay. But it's kind of like regardless of the circumstances, the mental state is independent, right? The emotional and mental state are so often independent because it's so much more um, our internal processes, our healing, and just, you know, how we're choosing to frame the reality that we're experiencing. Basically the lessons of your book. Oh my gosh, we should talk about my book. Well, yeah, so there's a really good book. There's a really good book called You're Already Awesome (laughs) that if you like this girl's voice, you are going to love I really like the audiobook because Eric's music is in it and I laugh at all of my own jokes. The, the, yeah. <laughs> the quality of your audiobook is fantastic. Yeah, you guys should get it. I would appreciate that. You're going to really like it. I'm going to give you guys a couple of more books. There was one other Audible original. I know I sound like an Audible junkie, but it's so good. It's so fun. It's called The Comeback, and it's by Lily Chu, and it has to do with K-pop, and it's a romance, and it's just a really, really fun book. And then for nonfiction, I think I recommended this before, but I would really like to recommend it again. I think it's really um, important reading Finding Me by Viola Davis. Woo! That is really incredible, Finding Me by Viola Davis. And another book that I've been slowly making my way through, it has a lot of practical exercises. Again, I'm I'm listening to the audio version, so there's meditations and music with it. It's called The Dark Side of the Light Chasers by Debbie Ford. As I've gotten really into Jungian psychoanalysis and the hero's journey, I really am interested in embracing the shadow, what that looks like, and the dark side of the light chasers. If there's If you've ever heard of shadow work or you're interested in that, I feel like that's a pretty good stepping stone guide into that type of work. And it's just about embracing all parts of yourself. So other than that, the number one book that I would recommend is You're Already Awesome (laughs) by me, Alison Faulkner. Listen, I get I get it. You're like, oh, I listen to her podcast or I follow her on Instagram and just they give any old idiot a book these days. Yeah, they do. Maybe. I don't know. It was pretty hard for me to get one. I'm really, really proud of the book and I really stand by it. It is not a waste of your time or mine. And so I'm really proud of it. I hope that you guys will take a chance on it. Take a chance on me. Eh? Eh? I feel better. Do you feel better? I feel way better. I feel good. I feel great. Ready for a good review? Well, as long as it's a good review. (laughs) Okay, so this is on Amazon. We got some more this week. Wait, oh, are we doing my book reviews? Yes. Oh, thank you. There's more? Yes. So This is a way better method than me going on there and looking. This is a much better method where you're just in charge. Kaylee says, well, it's titled, What Self-Help Book Lovers Need. Ooh. She says, this is such a magical book. I listened to the Audible version, which I highly recommend because Allison's voice is amazing. 
As someone who has read a lot of self-help books in an effort to quote-unquote fix herself, this book felt incredibly healing. It spoke to my inner child and was oh so comforting. Thank you, Allison, for being vulnerable and using your voice. This is Kaylee. Kaylee, that's like everything I would ever want to hear. I appreciate that so much. Thank you. I am so glad that it was healing for you. It was healing for me. Let's all just heal together. <laughs> Why don't you go ahead and shoot us an email at heygirl at theallisonshow.com and we will send you one of my gratitude journals. They're great. We really appreciate the reviews on either the iTunes, uh, Stitcher, where did Stitcher come from? I meant to say Spotify, but <laughs> sure, Stitcher. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Spotify or Audible and Amazon. If you have a five-star review for us, we would really, really love it. And if you don't, you can just find a better use of your time. And <laughs> But really, you have to pay attention to me. I'm totally listening. <laughs> what were you looking for a song? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, that's good. Everybody needs to pay attention to me. <laughs> Thank you, guys. We are going to link to all of these books, link to everything in the show notes. Um, We hope that you have felt a little bit less alone, a little more encouraged, a little more love and compassion for yourself. And I want to remind you that only you can be you, and you're already as awesome as you need to be. Eric, what are you going to take us out on? Uh, this is uh, this is one that I did for um, with my with my partner Stu, business partner Stu Doo, and then Cat, who sings her new shack. We did know. a song, and it's actually at the end credits of the Stop and Go movie. Oh, by Mallory and, and uh, Whitney. That is a really fun movie. Yeah, it's, people can buy it on. We'll put, Apple. We'll put it in the notes. This is like the closing yeah. credits. It's a super fun song. It's also in my library at Pleasant Pictures Music Club. What's it called? Dynamite. Ooh. You're gonna love me, gonna love me, but you can't have it all You're gonna love me, gonna love me, but you can't have it all And I know it's all so easy, and I know you're good to me And I know that we could be the best, baby me